Good morning. This is Mark Buckner, the pastor at Antioch Community Church, and I'm thankful that you want to learn and grow in God's Word. What we're doing in this season, this summer, what we've been focusing on is one specific book of the Bible, the book of 2 Timothy, Paul's letter to his most precious disciple. And we've been learning in that week after week. We're in the right near the end of it. This is the second to last week of our time. And it's appropriately a very climactic message, something that Paul is sharing with Timothy that is deep inside of him. It's very dense. It's a lot that he's communicating to him. So I'm just going to give you a brief overview of this. Uh, passage, uh, verse 1 through 8 in the fourth chapter. So, uh, like I said, Paul's near the end of his life. He's in jail in Rome, and he's speaking to Timothy, this intimate friend, and uh, the basic structure is he's beginning with a thunderous declaration. He's invoking God's presence, his person. He's speaking and saying the Trinitary the Trinitarian God is watching and listening to us. He's going to judge us, and we're to look for his return. And then he delivers several charges to Timothy. He's like, I want you to remember something. This is, this is more important than any college graduation ceremony. I want you to remember this long after I'm gone. So what does he say? Preach. He's saying that he wants him to be consistent in this. He wants it to have a cutting edge, and he wants it to be something that has kindness and grace in it. And then he tells him, stay focused. So keep your head. Uh, do hard things. Tell everyone about Jesus, and don't stop until you're done. So that's his charge to him, these two basic things that he breaks down into multiple points. And then the last part, this last part of the section, he's saying goodbye. And he says, my departure's near, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith, and I'm ready to meet Jesus. And I'm confident of receiving a reward. So wow. Very, very powerful things here. We had the, the passage read earlier. It should be down below. I, I don't know that I'll read each one of these sections as I go through, but, but Paul says these things. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. So, Try to be Timothy right now. Try to be that one who is at the, the point of what Paul is saying. That you, faithful disciple, you, what are you needing to learn from this apostle in his last days? And so this is intense. This is this booming voice, this commanding thing that he's saying. He's saying, he is here. Who is here? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God, Jesus Christ, is here and he sees you. He sees us. And the one 
who sees you and has known you from the beginning will be your ultimate judge. At the great white throne judgment, he, you will be judged. Everyone will be judged. And he will come again. And his kingdom is here. Do I have your attention? He's here. He's the judge. He's coming. He knows everything about you. His kingdom is here. So what is Paul referring to in the specific thing? I just want to focus on this one point. The judgment, the great white throne judgment is what's referred to in Revelations 20, 11 through 15. And there's a more detailed and graphic portrayal of the judgment. It's mentioned in Revelations 11, 18. So don't go through all these verses. Just, just uh, I'm talking about what's referred to in verse 11 of chapter 20. In 11, in chapter 11, verse 8, 18 says, The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. That time came. Simply put, God's patience will come to an end. His long suffering, his long suffering and mercy will come to an end, and there will be a time of judgment. Paul spoke to the philosophers in Athens and said, God has fixed a day on which he will judge the earth, the world, in righteousness. So I, I believe there is a point of him saying, fear God. And that is what he's, we need to receive from this. The God who sees everything, there's going to be a judgment. Listen to me. In light of all that, I have a couple of things I want to say to you. Preach the word. Be prepared, in season and out of season. Correct and rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Okay? Preach. It means don't just have sermons. Don't just do uh, blogs and don't just do podcasts. Announce openly and publicly the Word of God. You know, I... As I hear that definition of preach openly and publicly, I see a picture of a guy standing on a street corner preaching at people as they go by. Now, that's not specifically what I want to do or I'm telling you to do, but it's a good example of our attitude and posture. It's like, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. When, whenever, however. And what? Preach what? The Word of God. This Bible, where is it? Ha <laughs> ha. This is one of several Bibles in this room. The Holy Bible, so reliable. Preach it. And I, I just want to ask you, this word, this substance, do you believe this or you just have a religion of your own making? The Bible is the revelation of God. And... It is, it is everything. It is precious. It's not something I'm debating. Well, this verse mean that or that the other. I'm looking for everything that I can do to live this out and to invest it in others. We used to challenge missionaries 
This, this concept, preach the word. He says, be ready in season and out of season. He'd say, are you ready at all times to preach, pray, or die? So this is, this is this position we're put in. It's vulnerable. We're moving forward and saying, I'm ready. Paul goes on and says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. So I want to ask you, this gospel, this word, as it's lived out in your life, does it have two edges? What do I mean by that? Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Your sword should be double-edged. And what does Paul describe as these double-edged? Correct, rebuke, (laughs) and encourage with patience and care. Correct, with patience and tenderness. What happens if your sword only has one edge? Well, we many of that experience. If you're only correcting and rebuking, then you create hopelessness and bitterness. That's a much of what the world has seen in the church. This harsh edge, it's all about rules. But if you only have kindness, we're, we're just nice here, everything is okay. There's no correction. There's no truth. It's, it's all about loving people. If there's that, then there's no conviction. There's no transformation. There's no change. You actually lose the redemptive gospel of Jesus Christ if there's no truth in it. So we, we don't want to fall one way or the other. We want both edges of this sword. And if you... If you don't have a sharp sword, then Paul says you're going to fall into cheap entertainment that creates shallow, easily deceived church people. As one man used to say, "We're just you're just going to have sermonettes that create Christianettes," and that's a, his rebuke here. You're just going to have people entertaining themselves looking for ways to make the Bible entertaining, studying the Bible, learning the Bible, but not doing it in a way that changes their life. So, you're not going to be like that. You're going to keep your head in all situations. So he says, stay focused. And I I want to challenge anyone that's involved in ministry. It's hard for leaders to stay out of the sermon competition. Pastors can fall into this place where we are like, I want I want some affirmation. I want everybody to go, wow, that was a great preacher, pastor. And we begin, if we lean into that more and more, we begin just to reduce our message into transferring things that make people smile instead of transforming lives. And on the other side of it, we we create. So ministers can create people that actually just sit there and score sermons. Hmm, I think that was about a six today. 
And when you, when we do that, we are derailing people from fearing God, like he talks about in those first couple of verses, and from transformation that comes because of correction, rebuke, something that moves us forward and challenges, challenges us. And in these last verses, wow, this is, this statement that Paul makes here is something that uh, it's, it's one of the most precious things. I, I admire this church planting apostle. All that he wrote, all that he lived, lived out, all that he suffered through. And here he is. He says, I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only me, but also who have longed for his appearing. Paul is saying he finished well. He continued to the end of his life walking with Jesus and obeying him. He maintained a learning posture to finish well. I'm emphasizing four things right now. To continue walking with Jesus to the end of your days. To continue learning. To be full of the fruit of the Spirit. To not grow mean and ornery as you get older, but to grow sweet. And to have a sense of purpose and momentum so that you don't plateau. Not just not fail, but that you don't grow stagnant. It doesn't mean you don't make mistakes, but you've learned how to recover and continue to grow. Now, why is what Paul says significant? Well, not that many people really do that. Isn't it heartbreaking? How many people faithful to God to the end of their days maintain a sweet spirit? That means they've been forgiven receiving forgiveness, and they've forgiven a lot of people. And they have purpose, direction. They're continuing to grow. Now, let's step back and say, let's not just talk about your whole life. How about this year? How about a COVID year? Are you walking in sweetness this year? Are you perverse, <laughs> persevering? <laughs> Are you learning in this season? And how do you do that? How are you going to get to the other side of this season successfully? I'm going to offer five points that I'm uh, are out of a larger teaching that I think I'm going to do with our leaders sometime in the next month or anybody that wants to be involved in this teaching and just how to persevere how to finish well, how to get to the other side. Number one, you need perspective. You need to know who you are. You need to understand yourself, your gifting, your calling, your strengths and weaknesses, and you need to know what season in you're, in, you're in, in your life. What is, I sometimes say, what is the school of the Holy Spirit 
for you right now? What is it the Holy Spirit is training you in the season? That will give you perspective. All those things will give you perspective. The next thing you'll need is renewal. Do you know what renews your heart? Do you know what renews your emotions? Do you know what puts gas back in your tank? You have to know those things if you're going to continually, not just one time, not when you're just desperate, but on a regular basis, put gas in your tank. You know what you need to renew your heart. You might say it's impossible. I can't get it. Okay, there are times when you're just holding on. But do you know what it takes to get renewal? And you begin praying for somehow God to give the opportunity for that. Number three, discipline. Do you have clarity on physical and spiritual disciplines that fit your present life? Yes, this is hard. But somehow this has to happen. And I've, I have definitely been hit or miss. I've probably been half of this time I've, over the last six months where I have had some uh, physical disciplines and half where I've not. But I have had spiritual disciplines consistently through this time. Carved them out somewhere. I don't have little kids. I'm in a better spot than many of you. But I, you have to have discipline in order to persevere, in order to get to the other side. This is what we're talking about. How do you endure to the end? How do you get to the other side? You have to have a learning posture. If you've got a, a tight argument of why it can happen or what you can't do, you're not a learner. Are you doing more arguing with people or are you growing? Are you arguing or are you growing? That's the difference between a learning posture. And last, mentoring is what's needed. Who are you learning from in a close relationship? Who, who's giving input into your life? Not just somebody you're listening to messages. That's valuable. But I'm, I'm, are there people in your life that can help bring accountability, that can help ask you questions, that know you, and can help give some direction? These are what you need in order to persevere. You need perspective, renewal, discipline, learning posture, mentoring. I take a lot of this uh, outline kind of cut and pasted from a, a man named Bobby Clinton that I took some classes with in uh, uh, classes related to that he created uh, in a, a Fuller Seminary. But uh, so there's a lot more there in this. But I'm, I'm going to close here. And I ask you a couple of questions for reflection. Paul starts off in this passage, I believe, saying, do you fear God? And I want to ask you, do you fear the Lord? Are you aware of the white throne judgment? Do you understand? Have you reflected on that? and understand that your life is going to be judged? I'm not saying heaven or hell. He's, it's that uh, for believers, it is the judgment of our words, our works, our obedience to God. Do you know what that means? If you, if you don't fear God, then you're a professional sermon scorer, possibly. But if you fear God, you're transformed by his word no matter how it comes to you. So, <clears throat> you fear God. Do you have a double-edged sword? Do you know how to both correct 
and encourage? Do you know how to comfort and rebuke? Does, does that happen in your life and through your life to others? And can you persevere? Will you walk with Jesus in a vibrant, growing relationship in this season? Do you want to be able to say this? We're going to gather back at 11.45 and take one of these points and reflect on them and uh, bring it into a, a time of prayer and discussion, okay? God's grace on you. These are difficult days. And Paul's message is so appropriate, I believe, to us in these times. Blessings. Amen.